Hi, friends. I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna, and I think Slurpee should be its own food group. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Welcome back to us. Us. As you know, I've been recording uh, for several months without you. Um, we've had sp- special guests and rotating hosts. What uh, was the hosts. show called? Well, it was still called Talk Psych to Me, but I wasn't pressing record. I just realized that. So, <laughs> oh, that's so yeah, happened. so there's about uh, 17, 18 episodes that uh, didn't quite make it. Man. Yeah, but it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so yeah. lesson learned here is press record. Only if you want to keep it. Should I double check? I'm just going to double check. Yeah, all right. All right, we're recording. We're recording. Yes, yeah, so you may have noticed that we've been away for a while, and thank you for your patience. If you have been patient. No, yep. not you. Ah. Have you been patient? No. No. Neither have I. During this time, I wrote a book, we produced and released a web series, mm-hmm. and we had some difficult life events happen, some of which we'll talk about today. And since we've been away for so long, I thought it'd be nice to return with a light, fun subject like grief. Ah, oh, okay. And we're going to be taking calls. Uh, caller, you're on the line. You're hot. Go ahead. That was my was stomach. That your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what timing? What timing was that? <laughs> All right. So no calls. No, no calls, <laughs> uh, except for that one. Thank you, Brian. Stomach. It also makes my stomach hurt thinking yeah. about grief. Uh, so Brian's dad, one of the most amazing human beings ever, died recently. Today is his birthday, mm-hmm. which is why we decided to finally come back from our brief hiatus and record today. Brian, so that our listeners could celebrate with us, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about Ben Luna? He always introduced himself as Ben Luna, and he taught me little things, like weird little things, because he was a little person. He was like a he was like a little guy, you know. He's like five. Three, five, two. He was not. All right. Well, five, he was little. Three. He was little, and he was maybe five. But feet. he was the biggest person I ever knew, yeah. and he, um, he taught me little things, like weird little things that that you don't read about in books, and you wonder how people know. Like always, over tip your barber, be kind to everyone. You know, when you introduce yourself to someone, you always say your full name. Um, he gave me enough space to make mistakes, and he gave me enough support to learn from it you know and 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 he was he was he was a really sorry (laughs) he's just he's a really good guy and you know um he had a real troubling time his final years uh he was battling dementia and early onset alzheimer's which i've discussed on this podcast before and but thing dad took it like he takes everything you know, he was like, well, you, you're not going to get me sitting down. He was, he was a band. He was the original rascal, but, um, not being ready was probably the best thing for what the grief I've experienced because I've just allowed it to kind of do its thing. You know, so you're up for talking about that today. Yeah. Just yeah. Of course. If, if anybody together. is going through something similar, if anybody, you know, is looking for answers or looking for whatever, if they can hear anything I'm saying and if it makes sense to them, then then yeah, I, I'd be willing to. I can't guarantee it. that the things you'll say will make sense. Absolutely but I not. Will try to do Absolutely my not. Part. No way. Blah, blah, blah. All right. So that's that's my. <laughs> that was very clear. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for sharing that, so that we can all, I guess, like mourn a little bit together, right? That's. Yeah, I mean, that would. I wouldn't. No, I not mourn because mourn, that was celebrate. not what Dad. Yeah, okay. Dad. If Dad was here right now. He'd tell you he he'd be like, "Where's my gift?" And or or you know he'd be like, "You better cry, goddammit. Like if I die, you better cry." <laughs> Shit. And uh, but Dad was also like very fun loving, and he never wanted anyone to be sad. So about. I will invite you throughout this episode mm-hmm. if you ever have like. If you hear your dad's voice, you know, like if you know the commentary he would make at any given point, he is warmly invited into the conversation. When are you going to let me talk? (laughs) Just the two of you? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. So I was thinking today we can talk about, since it's still so fresh, this loss and and other losses that have happened so recently. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping we'd talk about... You know, what does grief feel like? Uh, Talk a little bit about the evolutionary psychology of grief. You know, I always like to scratch that that surface a little bit. Is that the right expression? No. No. But it's okay. Okay. English speaking language. (laughs) English speaking. If you want to say in your native tongue. Uh -uh. I'm sorry. Uh -uh. So when does my hand go in an ice bucket is what I'm (laughs) wondering. 
Well, actually, this has all been an elaborate experiment. <laughs> Ooh. No, this is not an experiment. Oh, my God. That's no, terrible. We're not going to do experiments today. I'm sorry. <sighs> Gosh, um, it's terrible. We will talk about grief. We'll talk about why yeah. grief exists. We'll talk about how to cope with mm-hmm. grief and even how to help others cope. Yep. Or you, maybe you can tell me how I can help you. So let's start with the experience of losing a loved one. Okay. Would you be willing to join me in a brief bereavement symptoms audit? Yes. Great. So just to add a little <laughs> paperwork. bit of, Leave it to Tanya to break it down to paperwork. Well, What's this? But this is a bell. Okay. So like the funnest audit on right. the saddest subject. This is going to get the dogs barking, don't you think? Let's see. Okay. So I'm going to read a, a comprehensive, though not entirely complete. Not yet. No. Don't ring the bell right. yet. Yep. So I'm going to read a list. Uh-huh. I don't want to imply that this is... The only thing people might feel with grief, yep. but looking at... If I experience any of this stuff that you're you going to listen any, If it rings a bell, then I want you to ring the bell, but just very gently so you yeah. don't blow out the mic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. I'll put it over here. How's that? Okay. All right. <laughs> See, look, we're making grief fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry if this is offensive to anyone. This is how we cope. Okay. <laughs> denial. Disbelief. Wait, wait. Denial. If I experience that. Yeah, this is not a long show, so just process it. Sorry, okay. I didn't know this was rapid. Denial or no denial? No denial. Did you hear Bell? Well, I'm shaking it because I I just shook my head. No, no denial. Okay, so that means you are in denial about not being in denial. Is that right? No, no one ever knows if they're in denial for sure. Well, then what the fuck are you asking me for? (laughs) Okay, never mind. Uh, Denial. Disbelief. Uh, Yeah. You don't have to talk. Just Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. This is my way of trying to make it efficient. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Confusion. Shock? Mm. Just no bell or bell. No bell or bell, okay. <laughs> Relief? Anxiety? Sorrow? Yearning? Urinating? <laughs> yearning, like longing. Yearning. Like longing. I don't know if like I've ever missing. longed or missing. Yearn- missing, yeah. Oh my goodness. The yearning? Come on. You're a writer. Longing? Do I long? No, I don't long. Because I'm not a poet in 1850. <laughs> Anger? Despair? Well, slow down. Can I process for Christ's sakes? You're, this list has been in front of you for days. I, I'm de- Why did I just Okay, despair, together? isn't that like sorrow? What's the difference? Just whatever resonates with you. Does despair resonate despair with you? Despair is a little... It's a little, a little dramatic. Weird. Okay. Guilt? Uh, yeah. Regret? Confusion or hazy thinking? You, you said confusion, but... Confused or hazy thinking. So specifically, like, your like mind this question. is kind of... <laughs> it's the grief. <laughs> I'm actually very clear. <laughs> no, it's like if you're not able to... So here's another one. Difficulty concentrating. Loss of self-confidence. Uh, sure. Appetite changes. So to eating more or eating less. Mm-hmm. Sleep changes. Sleeping more, sleeping less. Uh, body aches. You're sober and single? Tune in to the Sober Dating Podcast with Kathy Vandenberg. We are constantly evolving and learning new things. This is why at the Sober Dating Podcast, we not only talk about expanding your love life, we share space with the many subjects that surround love and recovery. Through exploring our traumas, we build ourselves into better human beings, ultimately becoming better partners to those we choose to connect with in love. Join us as we explore the richness of sober love, beauty, many experience, and solitary life and how recovery brings it all together. The Sober Dating Podcast, new episodes weekly. Join us for conversations that will set you and your love life in a new direction. (laughs) No. Sorry, I'm just Nobel. That was a Nobel. I laughed in the bell, but it's Nobel. I would highly recommend the bell method to anyone going through a difficult time. (laughs) Um, Social isolation. Or wanting to isolate yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then impaired immune system function. Oh. Yeah, you got sick. Yeah. All right. Have I missed any? <laughs> I can, can give me the bell. We're, we're oh, oh, we're still isolated. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah. done with my list. Yay. Yay. Great. Great job. Great job you reading. So many symptoms. So many things to read for you. But seriously, have, have I missed any? I, I mean, probably. I You know, there's... Gas and bloating. So what I wasn't prepared for was uh, the kind of um, anxiety that came with it, you know, and again, it's probably more difficult to 
deal with when it's so sudden. Not saying that dad's wasn't sudden because he wasn't sick or anything, but yeah. because of his ongoing medical condition. Yeah, it was like a surprise and not a surprise. It's, yeah, I mean, like, they prepare you. Like, when you read the websites, you know, I, I, I belong to, like, this newsletter. It's like this Alzheimer's family group thing, and they let you know. You know, they, they don't, you know, piss down your back and tell you it's raining to I'm expect. I'm so glad they don't piss down your back. I think that's extra, but, like, that's the <laughs> the premium plan. I was on, like, just the newsletter. Uh, so, but but for someone who, who it happens to very suddenly... There's a lot more questions, a lot more confusion, a lot more yeah. uh, anxiety, I would imagine, because you're, you're, you're still struggling. And there, there's probably a time right afterwards where you don't have anything yeah. because you're just like, wow, that was that's over. And then six months down the line, you experience something. Yeah. What I wasn't prepared for, like I said, was the anxiety yeah. and the lowered immune system. Yeah, a lot of people think that surprise. grief is kind of just emotional, but it's physiological. 100 percent. And it's yeah. also cognitive. So, like, not being able to concentrate, yeah. confusing words, forgetting things, like, all of that, your whole body is You know, involved. again, you're just, you just feel in a daze. And I can't stress enough that, you know, when this happens to uh, some, like, this is going to sound strange, but, you know, if it happens to a parent or a grandparent or something that, you know, it's inevitable, you know, like, you know, you're going to have to deal with this someday. Yeah. It still brings up all of this stuff. You know, and, and the fact that they're not there to clarify or they're not there anymore to answer questions, it's hard because you're left dealing with everything on your own or, yeah. or you know, with your support team around you. But most of that is on your own, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because people are just telling you it's going to be okay. Or, yeah, the overwhelm of it, yeah. of it all. Yeah. This one isn't exactly a symptom, but I did want to point out. Give me the bell. <laughs> This one doesn't apply to you because it has to do with research on – by researcher Mary Frances O'Connor on married couples where their partner dies. Is that a threat? Well, it's kind of a threat for both of us because what Dr. Connor found is that in married couples, losing your partner can actually lead to one's own death. Hmm. So when they look at morbidity studies, they find that you're at a very, very high risk of death. And and I'm not even talking about like suicide or things like that. It's actually you see things like – deteriorating immune sure, function sure. and oh, that's interesting. self-isolation and just very quickly deteriorating. Yeah. So it is a full body, full mind experience. Okay. Quiz show. Mm-hmm. Bereavement quiz show. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, Survey says. <laughs> how long would you guess grief typically lasts? Uh, 16 hours. <laughs> no. Uh, grief lasts <laughs> uh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll be that'll be the thing. That's, that's great. How, so that for those of you who do, that's how my dad says, "No, you're an idiot," or, or you know, he'd be like, "No, uh, uh, yeah." <laughs> my dad goes, "Uh, uh." So it, it's 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 become quite a quite a meme. One of my favorite. Scenario. I don't know why I like love this memory, but I remember, <laughs> you know, when he started having symptoms of memory loss. I don't remember what year he was sort of stuck in, but I think it was like 2009. Yes, that's exactly right. Like 2009, um, Which is also when we get married. That's so right. good so year. He remembers. To... But yeah. I remember we told him that Trump was elected. Oh, my gosh. And he... <laughs> imagine whatever side of the spectrum you're on. <laughs> it was a surprise. Yeah. And I just remember being like, hey, Dad, do you know, uh, do you know who the president is? And he's like, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever guess he took. And I was like, no, it's actually Donald Trump. And he goes, that pendejo. Just imagine, like, the yeah. sheer. And I had to tell him, that. because you told him that, I had to remind him, like, every every two, hey, who's the president again? <laughs> Trump. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I hate that he that. had to relive that surprise, but he was at the early stages of it where it was still amusing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. over and over and over. Well, so. it was, I mean, it was amusing from, the, like, he kept it really fun yeah, for it. everybody, you know? Fun. Like, he wasn't. Because he, he only remembered – because he didn't, he didn't know what, what was happening. Right. But anyway, so what, what what were your guesses? 16 hours? Uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. Uh, two – like two weeks. What? Two, uh, three weeks, I said. Uh-uh. Three weeks. Uh-uh. Okay, Miss Answers. What is, what's the answer? Trick question. Everyone's different. What the f- – come on. This no, bullshit the, so game. So there is some research around this. I will say – Please be careful in processing this research because truly there's so much variety in how people experience grief. And this is one of those areas in psychology where people, it's really important to sort of acknowledge that there is no normal. However, in U.S. research, we find that intense symptoms subside gradually, typically tapering off at roughly six months. 
Oh, jeez. That's not... That's <laughs> I wonder not, where we're going on, like, two months, a yes, month and two a half months. now with your dad. Uh, uh, just two months and two days. But I would say, like, Three the days, first two weeks were extremely intense. Yeah, yeah. And then by the first month you were starting, it seemed like you were starting to have your, like, some semblance of... Yeah, normal. you start having realizations and you start, like, processing the actual emotion of it uh, because everything's just kind of happening. You know, you, you'll, you'll be like, um, oh... That's not so bad. You yeah. know, four days later, you're like, well, that, that wasn't so bad. Okay, I'm not crying anymore. This is fantastic. And then two Let me get later. in the car and, <laughs> you know, you're you're missing your exit. You're like, oh, man, I missed my exit. Man, that's, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and you're just like bawling your eyes out and you have to pull off the side of the road. Like, it, it was just come, It was just hitting you at random times. Um and there's no, there's no kind of like warning. There's no memory that pops in like in movies. If there was a warning, what would it sound like? Uh, and then I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I should probably pull over, pull over <laughs> and do. Yeah. I mean, depending on the individual, depending on the culture, some people say that the grief never leaves. Mm. Sorry. Um, you just learn to grow with it or grow around it. Okay. Like my mother, you know, talking about the death of her mother, mm-hmm. they lived together almost their, you know, my mother's entire life. And so for her, in some ways, that grief, I think, has become almost like another appendage, you know, like yeah. it's become a part of her identity, but she's learned to live with it and, and kind of become a part of it. I think maybe it's some, some in some ways cultural as well. The former Soviet Union is a, 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 grief, a tough place, grief friendly, brooding place. Yeah. And, and here in America, that's called your grandmother. <laughs> just so you know, like, you don't have to say your mom's mom. You don't have to give us the well, whole to her, family tree. She lost her mom. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, you could say my anyway. grandma, her mom. That's how we do it in America. I'm okay. Just, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm just, Thanks. you know. Yeah. And also in America, you are all are done with uh, all of your emotions in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Approximately. <laughs> Approximately six it's months. Approximately. Um, so there's a lot of controversy around what you brought up earlier. Are there stages to grief? It's a concept that was first popularized by psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who contributed Mm -hmm. so much vocabulary and insight around loss. What has your experience been? That that doctor should have been smart enough not to number that shit. Because people are like, well, I'm on number three or I'm on number two. Because you're doing it like a video game? Well, you're doing it like, because it's a list. Here are the stages of guilt. I mean, the grief, you know, here are the stages of grief. You're like, great. What am I on? Nope, not on three yet. You know, but it's not. And so luckily, my wonderful therapist, uh, Dr. Saladino, who we had on as a guest before, explained that it's not linear. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's... It, and in her defense, Dr. Kubler-Ross also said it's not linear. Yeah, but, but that's not advertised. You know what I'm saying? Like, you hear well, the five stages of grief. The whole book so maybe it's the, the marketing book. shit. Yeah, okay, okay. Granted, oh, I gotta read the whole book. Maybe I'm gonna read it. stages, right? Because stages sounds linear. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans, a show about interesting and quirky human behavior. We bring humor, empathy, and warmth to topics such as relationships, dating, work, self-compassion, weddings, phobias, aging parents, travel mishaps, death, and many more. Ever wonder what happens at a cuddle party? We talk about it. Free-range kids in restaurants? We've got some thoughts. Bedtime stories for adults? We're on it. Light, fun, unscripted conversation and personal stories. Please join us by clicking the link in the show notes. And it sounds like a performance. Sounds like you got to really turn it on. No, it sounds linear. It also sounds like it's like there's, if I could just get to this one. Yeah. And once I'm done, I'm in the clear. And that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, You know, like I said, Dr. Saltino was explaining to me, like, it's not linear. You, You might not even hit one of the stages. Like, you might not, which blew my mind that one of the stages might not even exist for you. You might just do one stage, you know, and, and, and tour the nation on that stage, you know, like you might just do that. I even added one. She was making me laugh because she was laughing at me actually, because, you know, in our culture, guilt is a big thing, you know. Actually, uh, both our cultures. Yeah, right. So like, I was like, you know, and I, I'm stuck on guilt and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, just so you know, I don't mean to laugh at you right now. She's like, but just so you know. That's not even one of the stages. So she was, no, was like, like <laughs> yeah, she was like, ding, ding. Or but, no, uh, she was like, uh-uh. uh-uh. So you fail the grief so stage. So I failed the grief stage. The thing that I would suggest to anyone out there is just 
and this is going to sound all like whatever, like they're heady and everything, but I would say just be honest with what you're feeling. Just be true to what you're feeling and let it let it happen. Like don't don't fight it. Don't try to rationalize it. If one day you feel like all this regret and all this guilt for not talking to this person more or not stepping in more, just let it process. It doesn't mean anything. Some of this shit isn't yours, you know, and you got to you got to figure out like once it washes over, mm. okay, that wasn't mine. This is mine. Like, this is something that my family's making me feel. This is something that yeah. his family's making me feel. This is something that someone else oh, is yeah. putting on. All the expectations around how you're supposed to be grieving, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are and, you doing it too much or you're not doing it enough? So for us, for me, for my family, me, Raj, Liz, my sister, my brother, my mom even, you, Wait, we laughed. Oh, oh, my cousin. I oh. did not laugh. No, no, no. But we, we, we've been laughing. Like, we, we've been... The first well, thing we did... after like a week. <laughs> no, no, no. The first... So when I was... When I heard the news, I was on the ground, you know, I was like, not on the ground, dramatic, but I was sitting on the floor with you and my cousin Rick called and Rick was like, you know, we said some really beautiful stuff. And then he was like, you know, that son of a bitch really loved you, you know? And he was like, and, and Rick started crying. He's like, he used to kick the shit out of me, but you know, I, I love that man so much. And we started laughing and he just started telling me, and this is an hour after I found out. He started telling me stories and we were reminiscing about how, because my dad used to beat us up when we were kids. And I know that sounds terrible, but like wrestling, we used to jump him. Yeah, yeah like uh, playing around. Oh my God. So when we were nine, my cousin and I thought we could take my dad. And every year, well, he's like, oh, you five think feet tall. he was five feet. Uh, I think he was like uh, four, four twelve or four thirteen. I think was his official what? height. Yeah. It's, That's it's, not even an option. It's metric. So, um, <laughs> so then he, he, he would, he would, we would attack him and he would beat us up up until we were like. 20, 24 years old, and we never took him. And just to be clear, both of you are like 5'4". Oh, damn, he listens to this shit. Hi, Rick. No, no, no. He's he. Rick is a big boy. Rick is like 6'2". Okay, you know? okay. Anyway, and, I'm sorry, I cut you off. But anyway, my point is is that we use laughter, and that was like how our family dealt with it. Even my mom that night yeah. uh, calling and telling me stories and laughing with me and telling, yeah. and Raj and Liz and I, uh, like we cried, we grieved, and then we immediately went right into... Yeah. A funny story dad did or whatever. And even that night we were talking when I was crying and everything like that. Later on that evening, I was just, I had to tell, I had to, I had to laugh about it. I had to like, and that's, that's not, I don't know what stage that is or acceptance <laughs> or whatever, but yeah. that's how our family processes any kind of trauma. Yeah. Is by. Well, and I love the, the language that you used before of like letting all these different emotions and experiences wash over you. It makes me think of psychologist Sue Morris. She describes the experience of grief less like stages and more like wave-like patterns. It really is letting it wash over you mm -hmm. where the wave might happen in absolutely any moment. And yeah. there's all these different deep, intense experiences and all of a sudden it dissipates. And then there's yeah. another experience and then it dissipates. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, again, there's no warning and it could happen at any time. Like, I haven't cried about dad in, in, in a few days. Uh, so this morning oh, okay. when I was writing, I just happened to to type out on my dad's birthday, mm -hmm. like all the things that I was, a f that I was fearful of about speaking That's at fair. his service mm -hmm. and, you know, giving the eulogy and everything. And just typing that, I started crying again, but there's no, it, it's a wave, you know, yeah. like you said, it's, you know, you well, have these high, like Sue Morris said, well, Sue Morris and that, who also sounds like a, a Batman villain, like the alter ego, Sumerus, you know, Sumerus, Sumerus, like or whatever. It. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, Sumerus said that it's in waves and it's exactly, that's exactly it because there's ups and downs. Yeah. Comes at weird times. Um, I remember before I was teaching a class, like, you know, literally maybe 11 minutes before uh, and just being like, okay, all right, let's go, you know? And, the, and then the song came on, um, <laughs> Come a Little Bit Closer by Jay and the Americans. And, and it, why, why did a song come on? Well, I play it on a loop. And uh -huh. so, uh, so yeah, it goes back to my uh, OCD. So I was listening to that song as I do. And the inspiration was that was La Bamba for that song. There's a little mariachi part of it too. That little mariachi part. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like maybe half a second. Niagara Falls. I was just like, blah, 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 just like cry my eyes out. 11. And I was, meanwhile, I was crying, looking at the clock Ugh. going like, come on. Like, you know, I was like squeezing, like trying to, like, it's a rep on a, you know, on a deadlift or something. I'm squeezing, like, get it out, get it out. And then soon enough, the first little invite popped up or the first person. And I was like, hey, how's it going? You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Thank you for painting such a 
a multi-sensory experience <laughs> of what grief is. Re- really, I really, really mean it because I think that, you know, you read about it online and, you know, you look at pictures of grief and yeah. it doesn't look like any of the things that you're talking about. But it's this like rich, complex, colorful experience. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about what grief is and how it feels. Now let's talk about why we feel grief. Mm-hmm. Given how debilitating it is, the fact that you were, you know, doing deadlift tears, <laughs> you know, almost <laughs> didn't make it to be able to actually perform your job. Yeah. Do you have any hypotheses around its evolutionary purpose, if any? Yeah, I think because you're left alone, because you're, you know, psychologically you're abandoned by this person uh i think and and again psychologically obviously it's no one's no when someone dies or is taken from us it's it's no one's well i mean maybe it's someone's fault but what i'm saying is is like it's not your fault or the or the deceased right so i think Mm, i guess that's why suicide can be even even harder yeah yeah because you're you're abandoned you feel abandoned. You feel abandoned, I should say. You're right. Thank you for correcting me. You feel abandoned. So grief, I think, is the brain's way of processing that abandonment. Like a Some withdrawal? People, like a withdrawal, exactly. An emotional withdrawal. You need to go through everything about this person. Uh, anger, uh, all you know, the whole thing. Uh, Sue Morris talking about it. And then what's that <laughs> other lady that got it all Kubler wrong? Ross. Kubler Ross. I love her cookies, by the way. Uh, uh, <laughs> So uh, Keeler Ross is talking about the, 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 the five stages. And I think it's just a way for us to withdraw, feel what we need to feel so we can like kind of hmm. not kick the person, but kick that feeling of, of abandonment. And, and so that way. We wow, can that's on. super interesting. I don't, know. I don't know if that's true. Very close, I would say, to Charles Darwin's perspective. Oh, here we go. Throwing Darwin in my face again. That <laughs> hack. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, so Darwin's perspective was that grief is the price we pay for love. You're going to roll your eyes at Darwin? I Look, thought that Chuck, was so beautiful. No, it it's is, the price it is, we it pay is, for it love. Is. So it's not – his perspective would, was that it's not beneficial think, per se. I think Muhammad Ali said that first. But I'll <laughs> give it to Chuck. I'll off. give it to Chuck. I'll give it to Chuck. Chuck Darwin. God, that hurts me somewhere. I can't put my <laughs> finger on it, but it hurts me. Um, so anyway, his point was that it's not beneficial in and of itself, but it's an extension of the fact that we need close relationships to survive. Yeah. It hurts when we don't have that oh, attachment. Yeah. And so that's the thing that causes the that pain. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, psychologist John Archer, any comments on this individual's name? Let's hear what he says. <laughs> So he refers to that loss as sending off alarm cries in our bodies, searching for that connection that we lost because it is so dangerous for our species to be disconnected. Nah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I alarm cries was yeah, kind of beautiful. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's, you know. Because it's your body going, this is wrong. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Um, and this is this is counterintuitive for what you feel because what normally. No, no, no. What, what a person might feel going through this because normally – I'm not really one for asking for help. And and if you know me out there uh, and I've asked you for help, um, thank you. And just know that it, when I did, it wasn't, wasn't easy for me. Um, I usually help like whenever, when, even when I was at my most depressed before I even met you, when I was really in my dark places, I would call up my friends to find out what their problems were mm. and then help them because that helped me. That yeah. was the only thing, but I never wouldn't, I don't even think anyone knew any of the people that I hung out with at the time knew I was clinically depressed you and i are horrible at this very horrible because then when we do ask each other for help and the other person doesn't pick up the like morse code of request and i think by we (laughs) you and you you us right you of the us you (laughs) Uh, so but but so what i what i did with this particular thing was because it was such a load because it was so hard I reached out for the first time in my life and picked up and called my sister oh. or I called my brother mm-hmm. or even calling my mom. That's not a me thing. That's yeah. not a, you know, even calling my doctor or texting her or emailing her rather and just letting her know that I've got something. <laughs> so you added it to the agenda? Absolutely. I put it on the agenda. Let her know, like, look, this pot is simmering right here. So we're <laughs> going to have to cook this thing here. We're going to add the sauce. I don't think you know how cooking works. I don't think I know how it works either. But <laughs> but the thing is, is that I reached out and that wasn't a thing. And I, and I, Anyone out there who's yeah. going through something similar, reach out. And if you're already doing it, fantastic. If you're not, reach out because this is not something you should do on your own. And so that's the other school of thought in evolutionary psychology. It's that 
people who have lost a family member are more vulnerable, literally, right? Mm-hmm. Like their tribe yeah. is, is smaller yeah. or is at risk. And seeing grief makes other family and community members want to take care of that grieving person. Huh. So in part, it's us having that need to reach out. And it's part in part, it's others going, oh my gosh, how can I be there for this person? So for example, in many cultures around the world, it's customary, I think in US culture too, but let me know. It's customary to like cook for people and yeah. do chores for them, clean for them. Slow like down that. with the chores, but yeah, <laughs> we'll drop off a lasagna or something. <laughs> slow down, slow down with the mopping and the sweeping, but yeah, we'll throw a casserole at you. Absolutely. But so, what do you think about that? Does that resonate? Like we as a society, as a, as a species, survived because when we feel grief over loss, we signal to others, "Hey, I need help," and others hmm. like have this urge to come and serve and protect and connect that's a that's a great question i don't know that that applies to every instance uh i think it really does depend on the closeness of the individual you know friends of friends of friends or or you know whatever how Um, much lasagna do you need well i mean then you don't bring a whole lasagna maybe you just bring a side you cannot bring a side you can bring a side i can bring focaccia and be like hey sorry for your (laughs) loss no one gives Uh, how do you know the fact oh i don't know the the deceased i know tony you know, or, or I know, I know uh, uh, Jeremy over there. Uh, Jeremy and I went to went to elementary school, so I'm bringing focaccia, and they're gonna be like, okay, yeah, we don't. That's then again, good focaccia. I mean, you are thinking of the big picture there because if people are bringing food, it takes a full course. You need yeah. the main dish. You need the or I might dishes. even bring like plastic, uh, well, not plastic, biodegradable uh, <laughs> uh, 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 cookware or, oh, or, or or like you know stuff thoughtful. to seal. I might bring the stuff that the you. Tupperware. Yeah, yeah, I might be that guy. How about few? <laughs> Tupperware guy. Yeah. Just empty Tupperware. And, or full, you know, and just be like, here, you can wrap this up. You Sorry? can put it in. Like, you can also, I, I, like what, any... What's the other thing you would bring? <laughs> what's, what is it? Full. So, what? <laughs> full. Listeners, if you aren't familiar with this adorable speech challenge that Brian has. Adorable. Um, foil is, uh, is in fact. I said the same thing. You just like to put the emphasis on a different thing there. You like to put the schwa on something else. Anyway. That's not a schwa. Whatever it is, you like to put that thing anyway, on there. What do you think about funerals? I love them. It's a custom. <laughs> what kind of there question is that? What I mean is, why do you think they exist all over the world? I think in their true forms, when they're not like all filled with pageantry and all that stuff, true forms is really just ceremonial, saying goodbye to the the loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, in like a ritualized In a physical, way. like, yeah. you know, kind it's of It's almost thing. like it's part of human culture around the world to ritualize the grieving process. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, what did you mean by pageantry? Well, you know, like you, you see, so like when, when someone uh, uh, really big dies, like, you know, head of state or something, you know, they get the ah. the marching and the bands and all that stuff and whatever. I, I think that I, I'm not saying I'm against that. I think it's all yeah, beautiful. Yeah. But like, how do you feel if, you know, one person dies and they get the Macy's parade and then the, <laughs> the person next to them dies and there's like... I need to, I need to find two more pallbearers. I don't know who to call. You know, like do we rent them? Like oh, the church. So you're thinking like equal distribution. I'm just thinking like it just resources. you know like I, I don't know. I don't know what I feel about that. I, I just no. I totally get it. Actually, so this is another evolutionary psychology theory that I wasn't even going to bring up because I was like, mm, this seems kind of cold. But you since you're on the cold. topic, yeah. <laughs> I love cold. You just love cold stuff. Yeah, let's go. Bring up um, that cold soup. So, so the Give other, me that gazpacho. The other theory is that people have showy, ostentatious funerals because... I don't know why I said both of those words. They mean the same thing. I was just being showy and ostentatious. I was about to say, popular. you just add pretentious in there too, like a little dash of pretension. Flowery, ornate, all that kind of stuff. I know all those synonyms. <laughs> all of them. Funerals. Because when we lose someone in our family, mm-hmm. we are weakened. And so the funeral is an opportunity for us to show that our status is still high hmm. and that yeah, we still have plenty of resources and don't worry and not don't worry, but like stay away from my turf because hmm. our tribe is still strong. Our tribe is still strong. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did you want to try saying that again? What? No. Okay. Our tribe is still strong. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can say it. Yeah. That's cool. Our tribe is still strong. Yeah. <laughs> and then the people who are coming to the funeral, potentially it's an opportunity for them to flash their status as well. Yeah. I can see that. With all their big fancy lasagna. Um, <laughs> a small side note. In doing research for this episode, I stumbled across an article called 11 Things You Should Never Ever Do at a Funeral by Jess Catcher. So off the top of your head, what would be some things you would suggest putting on that list? That you should never do at a funeral? No, never ever do at a funeral. 
hit on the the deceased spouse. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, let's do this. <laughs> okay. I think you should not not wear pants. I'm confused. You should wear pants. So like to go without. Oh. Or I guess. But yeah. what if you want to like wear a dress uh, um, or something? Uh, um, you can wear a dress. Get, <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no. I'm saying like go <laughs> go without. Okay. Get drunk. I think oh, it's wow. very culturally dependent. At a funeral? At the funeral, not the not the after party. Or not the after, after party. party. You know what I'm saying? Not after not not the other strange thing. culture. What else you got? Um uh, what else should you not do? I was gonna say pass gas, but that might be one of those things you can't really help. Well, you can't really help it. And you're outdoors if you if it's an outdoor funeral. I don't know that that's funeral specific. I just feel like as an adult in a space with other adults, don't pass gas. I don't know I don't know where you I don't know how you were raised. <laughs> so this is just catcher here are some of the ones right. that um that they added. Get facts wrong in your eulogy. I think that's okay. <laughs> Embellish your relationship with the deceased. I think that's okay. And then this one I thought was kind of judgy. Wear high heels. I can see that. <laughs> really? I'm just no. I don't. Maybe depends Why on how wear... high the heel Wait, is. Wait, don't wear high heels. Do not wear high heels. Oh. Oh, well, maybe if it's an outdoor like, funeral. I guess because they're trying to be too fancy. Or I guess. To oh, you're talking about fashion faux pas. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Some of the other ones um, were very culturally specific, like don't sing unprompted and don't bring... Up- wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Unprompted. <laughs> unprompted. Unless you're in a musical, who does that? <laughs> I just Even at a birthday. It's very culturally dependent. Wait, have you ever been to a funeral where someone just broke into song and people were like, <laughs> "No, because I'm he should have read." Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. No, but I would say even in my culture, ceremonial grief-stricken singing is a very common way to connect. And, and you grieve. also all none of y'all had jeans either. So, okay, what else? <laughs> see, what else you got? See episode thirty-five. <laughs> Imagine you had jeans, and then and then this one you would hate because of prior lasagna and focaccia comments. <laughs> Are we having lasagna for dinner? No. Aw. Yeah. If you're listening and you have lasagna, <laughs> we're technically still within the six-month period of the grieving process. And ideally vegan lasagna. Yeah. Actually, only vegan lasagna. <laughs> um, the other one was don't bring unsolicited food. Oh, no. I would say don't bring un- – I would say don't bring a guest. Don't bring a plus one. Okay. Well, I-, I would say that's a – that's a that's a like don't bring a date. But I think this comes back to the fact that there is no normal here. No. Don't just catch her like all the respect for trying to help people – be successful at funerals but i think ideally you ask the individual yeah i mean it's all it's all because there's no normal there's no normal in how you collectively grieve and how you individually grieve Um, but there are some seemingly universal strategies for how to cope with grief so i was hoping to touch on strategies to cope for yourself and then how can you help others cope should i start with my list or you want to start with your list I'm Dr. Julie Bruni. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Allen. And we want to be your doctor friends. We are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes. We field questions all the time that start with, my cousin told me this, or like a fitness guru sent me a targeted ad about that. We love answering these questions and offering peace of mind to our loved ones. So are you feeling confused? Listen to your doctor friends. Adrift in a sea of medical misinformation? Listen to your doctor friends. Just bored on a Tuesday? Listen to your doctor friends. Come on, let's be friends. Get by with a little help from your doctor friends. Listen to your doctor friends podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, no, you go ahead and start with your list, please. <laughs> not I didn't that I'm, I'm not assuming you have yeah, a list. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know. I did put I together a list. This is from many, many different sources, but especially leaning on cognitive behavioral therapy oh, techniques. Can, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I, oh. I have something. Sounds like you want to go with your list. No, 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 no. I, just, I have one thing that I think has That's been... That's not really a list then. <laughs> it could be a list of one. <laughs> no. Yeah. You need a minimum of three things to be a list. Show me that. Google that and show me that word <laughs> okay, to call on. a list. Hold on. Because a hold list on. could be things that could potentially be added in the future. So a number can... of connected items or names written or can printed Can I ask you, is one, is one a number? <laughs> Boom. Hold on. A number of, like a multitude. It doesn't say multitude. It says a number of. <laughs> is one a number? All right. If you have thoughts on whether one is a number and what whether one can be a list, please do let us know. Hey, Listeners. one can be Not a you, list. Not you, Brian. I get oh, your, okay. your perspective. Sorry. Okay. What is your list of one? No, no, no. Please go ahead. No, go I ahead. Hear, no, 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 no. No, this must be the best list ever because you only need the one thing. Routine. Mm. Routine helps. You want to hear my uh, first item? No. Uh, routine helps 
I gotta tell you, so I decided to, you know, take some time off um, from work and and I found myself kind of flailing. I, I found myself kind of like slipping, like those waves that we talked mm-hmm. about. I found them crashing really hard mm-hmm. uh, when they came in. So I wanted a routine. I wanted something that I can like wake up to and know what I'm going to be doing instead of like waking up, sitting at the end of the bed and waiting for the wave, right? Yeah. I want to be proactive in my health or my mental health. And after I got sick, and this is another thing that we go back to uh, what I want to tell people, which I I don't know why I kept it a secret, but when everything was happening, uh, we were talking earlier about health related issues and things. My immune system was compromised. And in this time of COVID, I contracted shingles, uh, which was very very shocking to me. I didn't know what it was. I, I you know, I'd never, I, I've always thought that was something I'd had to, I'd have to think about years and years down the and road. And you're not even contracting it. It's like the call was coming from inside the house kind of thing. Be- right? Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in the house. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's, it, a, it's a small, uh, not smallpox. <laughs> no, it's not smallpox. Chicken, which is the, po- which pox? Chicken pox. <laughs> Rooster pox. <laughs> I, I had actually. Chicken pox. So if you've had chicken you pox, had as a child. It, yeah, it, it lies dormant in your brain. Uh, in the brain, yeah, in your spine. And then when you're least expected, boom, comes out, ambushes you, punches you in the back of the head, takes your wallet, and leaves you with this weird <laughs> And feeling. the theory is that it's the because theory, your stress levels were yeah, so high. Yeah, my stress levels were so high, and um, and, and it, it was really shy. And to add that to what you're going through mm-hmm. uh, with your body failing you and, you know, it has, like, nerve issues and things like I that. I don't want to tell you this, but I can tell you this now because sure. you're on the other side of it. But The stink? Was there stink to it? Because I couldn't smell anything. <laughs> no. Um, I Googled, you know, the like prognosis and it said that on average it takes about a month mm-hmm. to recover. It took me about and two. And I didn't tell you that. It took me about two weeks. I uh, think it took you about a month. Well, I'm still, I still have uh, like flashes of nerve issues and things like that. But it's one of those things that, they, that doesn't come with it. Is it your nerves? Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's one of those things that they don't tell you. Like that doesn't come with the book and the grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just look, you're you're compromised and you don't even realize it. I was working out. I was I was like doing everything, trying to figure, and I still yeah. was able to 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 feel. Well, so number one thing on my list: establish a simple routine you can follow every day, so you don't have to think about, especially when to eat and when to sleep. So it sounds like right now our lists, our lists have matched up. How about well, that? I will add your. Item no, no, no. I'll add your to mine. I'll, so now one and one A on my side. Okay, but it's actually technically still one because we had the same thing. Hey, you number your list the way you want to. <laughs> okay, and I'm here's do my number list two my, is like we've already talked about, but proactively connect with people, even if it's just one or two people. Do you want that on your list or no? No, you can have that. No. Keep that. <laughs> All right. Um, talk about and write about your feelings and about the person you've lost, including sharing stories and reminiscing about them. Yeah. And this one, I think you you also said, so treat taking care of your physical health, like eating, sleeping and exercise as your job. Yeah. Like see that as your primary job that you absolutely need the like foundational stuff. And it sounds, that sounds like dramatic, but. Does it? Well, I, I've, I know a lot I of people. I thought I said, said it like very matter of well, fact. Well, even, even when, like when we grieve, I, I've. A lot of my friends in the past, when they've lost a parent, you know, and when I've experienced, they've gone back to work and they've done mm-hmm. things. And I know you have to, and, and you know, if you have to, you have to, great. But like, if that's part of your day, great. But really, like, go overboard with taking care of yourself yeah, because yeah. it sneaks up on you, and and it's it's like nothing. I can't explain. I was grieving two months before Dad died back in. Uh, sorry, <laughs> um, in December, uh, or I'm sorry, in late November. I lost one of my best friends, uh, Kelly Melia, um, and I wasn't quite. You haven't. You hadn't recovered. From no. Um, sorry, she had been sick for a long time, and um, and when I uh, when I when I found out about about Kelly, um, it was it was in, it was like going into this really festive time of the year that she absolutely loved. Like she was, mm-hmm. she loved Christmas so much, and um, and. Uh, and I, and I was still reeling from that. And then a month later, when um, when I got the call, you know, is January nineteenth. Sorry, excuse me, y'all. Um, it was it was it was like um, it, it was like too many carry-ons. You know, it was mm-hmm. it, it just I, um, I think that's why Dad's was so hard for me because like um, 
I I don't think I was on my feet yet. It's like the snowball. Of yeah, COVID. yeah, yeah. And it, like you know, I felt knocked down, and um, and uh, and then and then, and even though, like I said, like it came as a shock to me, like I wasn't prepared for it that day or any day or whatever. But so sorry. Um, it, it just compounded, right? And yeah. and like you know, you carry that over. Well, stress is cumulative. It really right? felt like it. Uh, T. I, I I didn't. I I don't. You know, I've been I've been as I've talked about previously, you know, uh, previous battles with depression, I've been like, you know, head above water and, I, and I've been feeling really good and um, started teaching and, and things like that. And, and everything was going great. Not great, but, you know, I was learning from a lot. And and then um, and then everything with Kelly and her health deteriorating so quickly, my dad not deteriorating so quickly, you know, yeah. like was uh, was really hard. And um if I didn't have the support of like you and especially you, and I'm not just saying that cause you're right here, you know that. Um, but being there and helping me find my way when I didn't even know where I was and it's just been a huge help. So, well, and I actually want to talk about that because I think everyone who has someone in their lives that they love who has lost someone wants to know how to be there for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, finish your list. Let's just list because it I up. think knowing no, no, no. how to be there for yourself is even more important. <laughs> yeah, and I still have a few more items on my list. <laughs> Please, let's hear them. <laughs> Hit it. I'm ready. Um, list me up. So the next one I have. So we so we had routine. We had connection. We had talking about mm-hmm. the individual, writing about the individual, or yeah. your feelings, taking physical health incredibly seriously, very seriously. And so a few more. So be kind to yourself. I think this one sounds overrated, cheesy, but <laughs> it's really like trying to accept that whatever you're feeling isn't too bad or isn't too good. I think there's so much self-monitoring around, should I be feeling worse today? Mm-hmm. Should I be feeling yeah. better today? Is this taking too long? Unless obviously you're seriously concerned about your ability to cope, in which case, please do seek professional help. Mm. That's a wonderful way to get an extra person on your support team as you said but this is this one is very tricky because it's very very hard be kind to yourself is really really hard because you have a lot of in you have a lot of input coming out from other people yeah. about and there you know you're also dealing with their feelings right. so you know people that might not be how do you say like well nice good with how they handle oh, sure. stress course, and things yeah. you know so you're dealing with that and so you got to be kind to yourself uh, a lot of stuff seeps in a lot of their stuff seeps in a lot of guilt yeah like you a lot said of before like, yeah like, which, which of this is mine which, and which of this, of this is mine? am i caring for others you you question if you know if you were a good person to this person if you know if you could just have one more xyz or if yeah. you could have just done one more thing or this thing and that so and a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy is actually saying like break. what is this thought that i'm having and is it helping me is it helping others or is it actually hurting me yeah. or is it hurting others and it's and it, that's easy to reflect on but yeah. in the moment it, it's it's really which is tough. why i think having yeah. others um, yeah. whether it's yeah. it's a therapist or or just a friend who's there to help you process those thoughts i think can be incredibly incredibly valuable it's like um extra space on your hard drive you know when you yeah. feel like there's not enough and you're just going so slow having other people there allows I can you to absolutely that. understand that analogy from you emotions it's emotions i will be here to help you (laughs) to help you store that data all right two more when you feel small openings of energy and hope appear take them so that's Mm. another another tip is just look for little tiny openings yeah don't wait to feel great (laughs) it's just as soon as the like sun comes out just a tiny bit use that as an opportunity to go okay i have 10 minutes of energy i have five minutes i have one minute of energy to go do something that's going to make me feel good and it's just like putting in those kind of like positive moment. And you can deposits. create those. You can create yeah. those for yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, something to look forward Just to. going outside to breathe if you Hell, can. Hell, taking me to 7-Eleven. Yeah. You know, like that. We went to 7-Eleven today to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one I think is something you've been working toward, which is don't move on from the loss, but instead find a way to reintegrate that person that you lost into your life. This is something that psychologists refer to as continuing bonds. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now that this person isn't physically in your life, what are the ways that you will make space for them, whether mm. it's in who you are, yeah. in your identity, in your rituals, in your beliefs, in your home? Like, are there physical artifacts? <laughs> um, are there things that you start doing on a regular basis as a way to sort of allow this person to become part of you and reintegrate them? You know, I think it was like maybe a week after dad died. I don't know what made me do this, but you were a huge help. Uh, I saw that every issue, every appearance of Jonah Hex 
uh, comic book, uh, Western comic book uh, from DC Comics. So my dad used to read. He loved it. He That's the first comic he ever introduced me to. I saw that everyone had gone up on sale on eBay. Mm. And I have no real space for single issues anymore. Like, I don't really collect single <laughs> issues or comic books. I usually collect, like, graphic novels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are you sharing that much detail because your birthday's coming up? Yeah. So if anyone has any, you know, uh, Midtown Comics is a great suggestion. Uh, uh, other place. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so I I bought every issue, like you said, as a token. Mm-hmm. And um, every day I tell myself, like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to read one. I'm going to read. I'm going to open up the package. I'm going to read one. I haven't yet. Just knowing that they're there. Yeah. Or even little things like you've been feeding the deer by our house because that's something that your dad used to do. Well, I haven't been doing that because that's illegal. But (laughs) Or you've been um, thinking about it. Yeah, I've been that's what your dad used to think about. What I I do is I carry a lot of peanuts outside my home and and they spill. Well yeah, and they go everywhere. And I'm like, well, hopefully someone will take care of them. We're you're feeding them we're not feeding them. You're accidentally feeding them an appropriate responsible amount Mm -hmm. absolutely but anyway so like even that that you told me that's something that your dad would do Mm -hmm. i think that's a beautiful aspect of the healing part of grief and bereavement it's allowing this person to become a part of you and become a part of, of who you are or your everyday life um i did notice you saying that i've helped you quite a lot through this process the royal you like you <laughs> there's out no there, royal, listeners is there a royal you i think it's just a royal we well there's royal people and they're yous um, <laughs> yeah. so in our last section here i did want to talk about how do we help others cope with mm-hmm. grief and loss so i'll share with you what i've learned and uh, oh. you let me know if i'm wrong as i always do here do you want the bell no no bell no bell no like the prize <laughs> <laughs> Nobel Prize. We're going to keep that? (laughs) (laughs) It's up to you. You're editing this episode. I hope not. Okay. So there's very little list because I'm still learning. So number one, create space for people to talk about their feelings without trying to make them feel better. Mm -hmm. I think this part's important. One of the ways that I've been kind of trying to integrate this into my own thinking is to recognize that my words are less important than my ability to release oxytocin. In your body? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also on my list. Um, <laughs> no. um, you know what I mean? Like just being there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is probably more important than any horrible thing I could butcher. It is what it is. <laughs> as Tanya as Tanya's like go-to advice, if you ever come to her with something, she's going to hit you with the I-I-W-I-I. Boom. <laughs> Ewe. She's going to be like, it is what it Brian is. Brian tells me apparently that in the past two months, I've found roughly 26 different ways to say it is what 29. it is. We, 29. We're 29 different ways <laughs> to say it is what it is. It just is though, right? Isn't wow. it? It is what it is. 30. For the record, it is what it is. 31. No. For the record. I'm you still, added for the record. I'm still just saying the same. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, offer to help with errands, projects, chores, anything that the person can delegate. Um, so that's an important one. So mm. create space. Give them oxytocin release just by being present and being connected. Offer to take anything you can off their plate. If you're seeing that they're struggling coping, do recommend getting professional help. But I think you have to do this one really delicately. Like you don't want to be like, man, you should really be feeling better by now. Shouldn't you see a shrink? Yeah. <laughs> um, but more like, hey, this is really hard. I, I know this great website or I know this great therapist or whatever. Do you feel like you yeah. have enough support right now? It's something that I would do if I were in that situation. And then finally, I think super important is to check in just to say you're thinking of the person and offer help, not just a few days after you found out that someone died, but ideally weeks and even months, because mm-hmm. I think it could be, it can feel like everyone's forgotten and you're yeah. just carrying that pain all alone. Do those sound right? That sounds 100%. Whew, okay. Right? Anything else you would add in terms of what... I have really screwed up over this time. What I haven't done so well, aside from, please well, think, don't say it is what it is. Apparently, it doesn't make anyone feel better except for me. I think lasagna was a bad call. Okay. Lasagna was so yeah, good or bad? was a bad call when you when you brought me lasagna and then you left. And I was like, where's she going? <laughs> I didn't she bring you lasagna. I brought you um, focaccia. <laughs> wow. You, you, you're <laughs> I assume someone else would bring the lasagna. See, that's a problem. You can't assume that. I think I, think I have a solution. Bring the focaccia and the lasagna. <laughs> There you go. And the Tupperware. Damn. Don't be cheap. That's top shelf right there. Show people you love them. I I think also what's important is that something that I discovered is you don't want anyone to be your emotional punching bag because what you're going through, it does, (laughs) for for lack of a better word, make you moody. 
Mm. Because you don't really have a lot of control over what you're feeling or thinking. And what you don't realize is that other people don't have access to what you're thinking. So when you've been stressed or, or like on one thing and someone's like, hey, are you okay? You're like, yeah, I'm fine. I told you. Even though they haven't asked you before, it, you're lashing out because there's so many things happening. So You've been very lashy. Uh, was I? I'm sure I was. I'm sure I... But, I guess but, I was saying it playfully, but I mean... In a very understandable way. But I've also I've also been trying to tell you like yeah, 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 uh, yeah, like uh, th- this isn't you this isn't th- I don't know what's happening to me so I can't possibly put it into words. Um, all That's I can do is helpful. apologize, yeah, and just tell you like if you see me like this, leave me alone. Like I'll come to you when I need you or when I'm like, hey T, can you come down for a moment just so I can say something to you about my dad and then you can go back upstairs or whatever you want you know. me for the oxytocin no yeah 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 <laughs> um uh but but it's true like from from this from being on this side it's um it's like it's like living with a bunch of teenagers in your head mm-hmm. and you don't know which one is going to come out that's why i spend a lot of time like just physically like working out or doing something just to kind of like Get the physicality, get the, you know, like kind of go through the motions, uh, the emotions rather, uh, physically. I, I think you did a great job of, uh, you have been doing a great job of just being there, giving me the space that I need, uh, checking in on me. And it's true. Like, you know, once the initial thing about dad, once the news hit, and I, I don't mean news, like I didn't post on Facebook. I didn't want the no attention. No judgment for anyone. No, 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 no. I, yeah, absolutely. People, I, I'm saying for me. I didn't want the attention. I didn't want people sending me those little hearts and, you know, little smiley faces and this and that. And it was too much to deal with. I don't on my think own. anyone would do smiley faces. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a bad call. Uh, maybe not smiley faces. Whatever people do. <laughs> if that do. was your concern. If that was your concern. <laughs> yeah, it was my concern. I was like, I don't want any smiley faces. Uh, but I just didn't post because I, I, I just, it was something I needed to process on my own, yeah. you know, with my family and, and, and stuff. And if I didn't reach out to you and tell you, I'm sorry, it, nothing personal. I, I, it just, this is, this has been a, a whirlwind for me, so to speak. I just feel like having the time for yourself, trying to, to f- not figure everything out at once, just letting it, that's what I said at the beginning, like letting it wash over you, letting it take its toll. And then going to someone when you need them, like going to whoever you trust, uh, whether it's a, f- a group of friends or one friend, you know, Matt and Leisha and my, my family, just being able to reach out and talking to Dr. Salas, you know, has been huge because the times when I don't want to talk to anyone, like my sister sent me a text today because she knows it's dad's birthday. And she was like, hey, Jimmy, I'm here. Call me when you want. Not call me if you need me. Mm-hmm. Call me when you want. And that's huge because they so get So giving me. that right balance of space and connection. And giving someone, Like I'm here when you're ready. Yeah. Giving people, like you just said, the right to feel what they feel and giving them the space to feel because there's no way if I could have mapped out every emotion, it would look like one of those boards that you see in, in when they're trying to figure out the serial killer, just like all this yarn everywhere. (laughs) Like it's banana boat. It's, it's bananas. And, um, and and you can't possibly get ahead of any of this. You just got to be in the moment living exactly what your heart, your brain, your whatever is telling you to live you can't force it. You can't, you can, I guarantee you can, you can squash it down, but that shit's coming out like the Hulk and it is going to be 10 times. So do yourself a favor, give yourself the room, give yourself the time and reach out to people. Even if it's just like, Hey, I don't want to talk about anything about my dad. I just, let's just talk about comic books or let's, 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 let's kill zombies or let's just, <laughs> you know, let's do something. And, and, and in a video game, just in case anyone was wondering. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> I ain't here to judge. I love that. That's beautiful. I think your dad would absolutely approve of that advice. Any final words from, from Ben, Ben Luna? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're not going to tell him I, I play football or, or, or nothing. Uh-uh. My boy, he doesn't say, you know, he always talks about me, but he doesn't tell me how, like, good looking or any of that stuff. <laughs> silver fox. So that was my dad. Five uh, foot tall, saying, silver fox. Five foot tall and 100 feet at the same time. Mm. Happy um, birthday. Happy birthday, Pop. Um, and friends, thank you for coming back to Talk Psych with us. If you know someone who can benefit from today's episode, please share it. If you want an excellent mental health resource, consider the National Helpline. I'll give the number here and also in the show notes. 800-662-HELP, H-E-L-P. Moving forward, our plan is to post a new episode every two weeks from now on. If you have topics you'd like us to cover, 
if you have beliefs around whether one is enough to be a list. <laughs> it is. <laughs> We've already established. It's not. <laughs> Please do let us know. Send any thoughts, feedback our way. Well, you know, zero is also a number. It's not just a concept. And as always. Thank you for listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to Me. me.